Well, thank you. You may be seated this morning. It's always funny when people say things like you may be seated as if I have power over you to cause you to stand or sit, uh, but you can find your seat. And uh, it's a great honor and privilege to have you with us here this Sunday morning. We're starting a brand new Christmas series called Christmas Plus. Christmas Plus. Let's go straight to the Word of God if you're ready. Isaiah chapter 9. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. I love this. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. That's exciting. We'll make this happen. Now, I don't know about you, um, but Disney Plus came out, and I was like, okay, that's cool, but you know what's better than Disney Plus is Christmas Plus when Jesus showed up. That's good. But what I noticed as I'm scrolling through, you know, Instagram and Facebook, and I see all my friends posting all these, like, videos of themselves watching old, old, like, Disney classic movies. And I, I think why we do that is, like, we just love the nostalgia. It just makes you feel young again. It's just like, we're just going to watch those old, like, Lady and the Tramp or, like, whatever original animated movie that you just, it just takes you back to those moments. It's all the vibes. It's all the feelings. It's all the nostalgia. It's the same thing that happens at Christmas. And can we just uh, give a round of applause? for all those uh, team and volunteers who decorated the church. It looks awesome for Christmas. And I'm told there's more to come, but you know, baptisms. And uh, that's a good thing. So I just want to remind you, if you want to get baptism, there's still an opportunity. We still got time. Uh, but the amazing thing about Christmas is that, you know, we sing the same songs. I don't know. Do we have any bakers in the house? Any, anyone bake? Nobody bakes in this church? I see one, I see two. I see that hand, I see that hand. Uh, are, we, are we putting in orders now? Uh, but you know, you, you make your favorite recipes. I know I've got my favorites that, that my mom you know, makes and our family shares together. And you know, there's something about that Christmas feeling, Christmas experience, it's just all the nostalgia, it's all the feeling. It's like vintage Christmas, all the vibes, it just feels good. There's something about it in church. I have a confession to make. I am non-traditional in most areas of my life, but I am, in fact, a Christmas traditionalist. So what that means is I like to celebrate Christmas the exact same way every single year. Things happen at the exact same time, at the exact same place, the same location, the same food, the same menu. We do all the exact same things. Why? Because that is how Jesus Christ intended us to celebrate Christmas. And I'm more than happy to show you how to celebrate Christmas the right way. Because when we gather as a family, I'm like, listen, this is Christmas exactly as it should be. You know, what's really interesting is all throughout the Old Testament, we find 200 to 300, depending on what theologian you like to study, uh, different references of the Messiah coming, a savior of the world is coming. And there's all these different prophecies and these scripture verses that are woven throughout the text of the Old Testament. Even the Gospels refers to them some 45 times. 
There's all these incredible instances of the Savior of the world is coming, the Savior of the world is coming, the Savior of the world is coming. But what's really interesting about all those words and all those verses and all those prophecies is that everybody had a theory and everyone thought that they knew exactly how it was going to go down. But in typical Jesus Christ fashion, he shows up in a way that we least expected it. He shows up as a baby in the midst of weakness. Now, I'm not sure when people thought they were getting some kind of warrior king. Like, I don't know if they just thought it would be born a man and it would be like a full warrior king. I don't know why people were so surprised by a baby because I think we all kind of started there. So it's like, I don't know what they were anticipating, but everybody had a theory. Everybody had an idea. Even if you look at Isaiah chapter 9, there's a whole list of of accolades and things, of, of names and ways to describe Jesus. And I think what I love about that list is that there wasn't only one thing. That there's so many ways. We could could go as far as to say that Jesus is describable, but at the exact same time, he is indescribable. There are so many ways that we could describe him. And there are so many times, I think it's safe to say that we are surprised by him. If it was left to the people of the day, the people of that era, if, it was, if they were left to their own devices, what the people living in first century world would look for is a king, an earthly physical king. Now, safe to say they were looking for or anticipating the best king ever, but they were still looking for a king with a physical kingdom, a physical throne, with some boundaries, with a specific place. They would have a, a, a country with imports and exports and, and battles and, and new ground to take. They were looking for the best king ever. They were looking for the best human king imaginable. And Jesus flipped that script on its head when he says, I'm going to give you something better than what you think you want. See, even the best king on the face of the earth who, who, who ruled from the line of the ancestry of King David himself, who many regard as the best king in the history of Israel, a man after God's own heart, he is described. Even somebody who is better than that makes mistakes. I mean, if we follow the story of King David, has some struggles. And Jesus, he proposed something different. In Matthew 28, he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. There's no earthly king who has that kind of authority. There's no statesman who has that kind of power. There's no politician who can accomplish what Jesus says or does. There is no warrior who can take more ground than the one who's been given all authority of heaven and earth, who literally holds the universe in his hands. At Christmas time, Jesus said, it's so nice that you anticipated a king, but when I enter the ring, I am the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. There's nobody like me. That's what Christmas plus is when he takes what we anticipate and he breathes a breath of life upon it and he begins to surprise us in the most amazing ways. Today, I would suggest that for many of us, 
Ah, I'll back it all the way back to me. I'll say that my idea of Jesus, there's a chance that my idea of Jesus limits his ability to work in my life. I wonder if it's possible that that's true for you too. Just like those people who read those prophecies, who heard those words, who were so sure that they completely grappled with it and wrestled with it and understood it. They were surprised. You know, if we throw it all the way back to Matthew chapter 2, these visitors from the Far East come to Herod's court. And they show up and they say, we've come to worship the king. We saw a star. There's a new king of the Jews and we're here to worship him. Which way do we go? And Herod was full of rage and he was angry. One, because he was going to lose his power, he thought. And two, because nobody saw it coming. In fact, in Matthew 2, it says, all of Jerusalem was greatly disturbed. And I think they were disturbed and they were agitated because they truly did not anticipate Jesus coming in this way. They did not anticipate the Savior of the world coming in their timeline, in their moment, at this place. They're just like, it's going to come some other time. I think they were greatly disturbed and agitated because there was something within their hearts that says, how How could we miss it? How could we miss it? Sometimes I wonder if the things that we believe about Jesus are actually holding him back from moving in areas and places in our lives that need him most. Why don't we turn over to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to back it up a little further from the slide. So we'll catch up at verse 28. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to, uh, to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. And Jesus' parents were amazed and what was being said about him. Mary, did you know it's your baby? She knew, okay? An angel appeared to her. She knew. An angel appears like, listen, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. You okay with that? Joseph had an angel appear to him. After Jesus was born in a manger, shepherds came and they gave reports of an army of angels, a choir of angels. I picture them a lot like the choir we had this morning, but glowing and hovering above the earth. Now that's something for Christmas next year. <laughs> they, saw, they heard the reports of a choir of angels, light that was blinding. Later, wise men from across the world, magi. And yet, 
as they went about the regular ritual and routine to dedicate Jesus at the temple, which was regulated by law, as they went about the very normal things of being new parents, they were surprised and amazed at the words that were being spoken. Let me de-Bible-fy the words of Simeon for you for a moment. Simeon, the prophet, literally said, I can die now that I've held your child and I've prayed for this baby because he is, in fact, the savior of the world. And my whole life was dedicated and was committed to wait for this moment. In that moment was the culmination of a man's life work when he held that precious child in his hand. And he said, this here is the savior of the world. And Mary and Joseph were startled and they were taken back, maybe because they thought, is he going to die right here? Or maybe because sometimes, even though you know that Jesus is moving and he is the savior of the world and he's at work, sometimes when we're in the midst of our regular routines, we miss the awe and wonder of Jesus Christ woven throughout the Monday. May we never forget the wonder of Jesus at work in our lives. Ah, but this is just, I'm just running to the bank. You don't know what could happen. You don't know who's waiting there. Oh, but I'm just going to school. Oh, you thought it was a coincidence or an accident that you got placed into that program with those other students, with that person who's going through that struggle that you know exactly about, yeah, that was totally, totally an accident. Ah, let's not limit Jesus. In John 1, verse 14, we encounter this moment in Scripture. It says this, So the Word, meaning Jesus, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. But the thing that grabs me and grips me every single time I read this passage is that it describes Jesus as full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Today I wonder how many of us would say that our idea about who we thought Jesus is is limiting his ability to work in the midst of our lives. Here's what I mean by that. Maybe when you think of Jesus... You think of a false prophet who's made a false claim, who, who there's mindless automatons that are following him. Maybe that's how you think of Jesus. Maybe you think of Jesus as angry and you think that he's ready to light you on fire. And in fact, you're a little surprised that you've made it this far in the service. And that smoke was just coming from the machine, not from your clothes. Maybe when you think about Jesus, you think about somebody who is a good teacher who has some good things to say. But we leave it right there. Another philosopher who came and who went. But what we discover is that Jesus is full of unfailing love 
and faithfulness. That's who he is. It's in his nature. Unfailing means it does not stop. It does not run out. It does not run dry. It does not hit an end. There is no limit to his love. There is no limit to his love and his affection for you. The way that he sees you actually is irrelevant uh, to the way that you see him. He loves you even if you don't love him, if you won't love him, if you can't love him. He loves you and he's faithful and he's true and he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never abandon you. Maybe you feel like you're going through life alone and I just wonder if your idea of Jesus is limiting his ability to walk with you in every season, not that he stopped just that you're not aware. His unfailing love and faithfulness are characteristics that get overridden or overlooked because we see the flash and the dash of feeding multiple people and walking on water. But I think the greatest miracle of Jesus is that his love never ends, that he never stops chasing me down. He never stops tracking me down. Surely his goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. His unfailing love and faithfulness. This Christmas season, may we not overlook his unfailing love and faithfulness. I've said it once and I will say it again. I will echo the words of the Apostle Paul that Jesus came at just the right time. While we were utterly helpless, he came for us. While we were still enemies, he came and he laid his life down for us. Not because you're worthy. Simply because he loves you and you're worth it. So may we not let our idea or our ideology or our theology of Jesus stop him from working and moving in our hearts and in our lives this season. Do you really think that it's a mistake or a coincidence that you're here today? Do you really think it's an accident that you got invited on this day, talking about these things, experiencing this moment? I don't think so. It's simply a product of his unfailing love and faithfulness because even though you gave up on Jesus years ago, he's never stopped loving you. Jesus, you can't do that thing in my life. Oh yes, he can. Watch him. Jesus, you can't heal that sickness. Oh yes, he can. Ask him. Jesus, I'm terrified about Christmas. My family's crazy. talking about your family, not mine. <laughs> well, okay. Ours too. You might say, I'm, I'm wrapped up in just trying to get through. What if this Christmas, it wasn't about getting through? What if it was about breaking through? What if you've been waiting for Jesus all this whole time and he was waiting for you? Say, why don't you show them my unfailing love and faithfulness? Why don't you take a step of faith? Why don't you demonstrate it? Why don't you show them my characteristics? Because you're being transformed day after day to look more like me. So why don't you look like me in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the pain? You're like, but it's painful. He's like, so is dying on the cross for you. It was painful when you ran away. It was painful when you cursed his name. Yeah, he says, 
I never stopped chasing you down. Come on, that's who he is. That's what we celebrate. That's what we're rejoicing about. That's why we have choirs and trees. It's not about any of those things. It's just about making a moment. It's about vintage Christmas. It's about that nostalgia of the feeling. But what if we took vintage Christmas all the way back to when Jesus came for us in an unexpected way at an unexpected time? change the course of history would it be too far of a stretch this morning to say that Jesus is coming to you in an unexpected way at an unexpected time to change the trajectory and the course of history of your life or your family's life I don't think it's too much to say that this is a moment for you it's a moment for me to say Jesus I'm taking the limitations off I'm taking the limitations off my ideas about you, my ideologies about you, my theologies about you. Jesus, I'm taking the limits off and I'm inviting you in to every corner and crevice of my life, not because I deserve it, because you love me so much that you want to change me and you want to transform me and you want to you do something new in me, that you want to do something new in our church and in our, our families, Jesus. Let us not think of you as so small. Oh, but I could never serve a God who, all that sounds like that God is serving you. But we know that his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And we can trust him because of his unfailing love and faithfulness.